3: Connect
0: to more. Come in, everybody. Happy Monday. You're listening to Juana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Except for you're, if you're watching on TV, you don't see me. And we're doing a little uh, experimentation radio and TV show today. I've been in Bozeman since Saturday it was a, uh, it was an extreme sport getting over here just uh, on Saturday morning in itself. But we made it safe, covered some Montana State hoops over the weekend, and now. We are sitting right now live and in person in the head football coach's office for the Montana State Bobcats. I'm here with Brett Vegan. We'll get to that in just a minute. If you want to listen live, you can do that easily. All you got to do is go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. There you'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, well... Probably not good to call right now because we're going to have the phone lines a little tied up, but you can text the studio line. That's easy as well. It's 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. Any text you send in, they can forward it along my way. We're going to dive right into it because we got a big show for you today, as we do every Monday. It's the Montana Football and Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking. Member FDIC. And we're going to start with football. We usually just do Montana basketball hour here, the first hour of every Monday show. We've had all sorts of football news because there's been all sorts of stuff going on, particularly on the east side of the Continental Divide here in Bozeman, Montana. So momentarily here, Brent Vegan, the new head football coach with Montana State Bobcats, will join us, but then we'll also march through some basketball action as well. i got Travis DeCure and a couple of his players from the University of Montana men's basketball team joining us here in about, oh, I'd say half an hour. And then uh, towards the second half of the first hour, we'll hear from Danny Sprinkle and Xavier Bishop from the Montana State Bobcats as well. And uh, second hour, this is going to be fun as well. We're actually going to change locations and we're going to be broadcasting the second hour from the Cat's Paw right here in Bozeman. And I got another great guest lined up for us Ty Gregorak, longtime assistant football coach in the state of Montana. He's going to come and we're going to analyze a lot of different things, particularly, unfortunately, the tragic death of Vincent Jackson, former San Diego Chargers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. He passed away earlier uh, this weekend, but he played in Northern Colorado. And so we're going to talk about some of the great players we've ever seen in the Big Sky Conference that have graced both stadiums in Montana, Washington Grizzlies Stadium and Bobcat Stadium. Coach Ty was on the sidelines both at Montana and Montana State for a ton of great visiting players, so it'll be a fun discussion about a pretty tragic and unfortunate entry point, but... We're here now on the Montana State campus to have a little fun, and this is uh, this is awesome. The coach Vegan is able to take some time with us. And coach, I know I said hello to you on a Zoom call, but this is much much better to actually be live and in person in your office. How are you today?
4: Uh, doing well. It's been a it's been a whirlwind. Uh, a week into it now, but uh, you know we've got a chance to meet a lot of great people that are invested in this program, are part of this program, and uh, looking forward to. You know, the the days and weeks ahead as it uh, presumably will be just as busy,
0: coach. A lot of times the when people first move to Bozeman or move to Montana, we always joke about the extreme elements, the weather. But I mean, you're from Buxton, North Dakota. You lived in Fargo for more than 20 years, and then you're coming here from Laramie, Wyoming. So uh, the. Uh, the snowstorm. We're looking outside your window. This isn't anything new for you.
4: No, the, the week of cold was a stark reminder of back home. We didn't get weeks like that down in Laramie, but uh, <laughs> plenty of them back in North Dakota. So, uh, no big thing. It was uh, it was nice to say yesterday it was warming up to zero, and now we're we're on the other side of that. Um, but just excited to be here, regardless of what the weather looks like.
0: It's amazing how much uh, time, how much things can change just in a very short period of time. You're hired a week ago uh, today. Yeah, you did your first media address on Wednesday. And I'm sure even in just those last five or six days, so much has happened and so many different things have changed. I mean, what sort of things have you been working on? I think people forget, too, there's a whole family element to this, right? I mean, you're trying to move your family to Bozeman as well. So, I mean, just tell us about kind of what the last week or so has been like for you.
4: Uh, well, first things first, uh, it was, again, an opportunity to address the team. And I had done that uh, prior to the the uh, media on, on Wednesday. And that went well. And, and those guys... Um, you know, had a chance to have a long weekend, which I think was well deserved, considering they came here at the beginning of January, and then really through the next uh, the next several days, it, it was meeting with the staff, the the, the former slash current as we moved through that, um, talking to some guys that uh, that I have an interest in bringing here, and really working towards um, putting the get putting together the best uh, best staff possible, and that's those are ongoing a little bit, but that's been. Uh, you know, that's been a, a pretty big time consumer. Uh, getting with the, the support staff, um, you know, uh, getting to know the ins and outs, of video equipment, training room, uh, Coach Heron in the strength room. I mean, all those things. I mean, this is a this is a business about people. It's certainly gonna be great to move over to that, that tremendous facility across the parking lot. But if you don't have the right people in that building, the building's useless. So just getting a feel for that has been the biggest thing. Um, family minus my oldest uh, came to town late saturday night so you know trying to to get them um, acclimated as much as possible for the next couple days uh has been part of it looking at looking for homes a little bit today i mean it's it's been a it's been one thing after after the other but really exciting times and we we as a family um my wife molly and, and sons jake grant and luke could be more excited to become part of the montana state family but just uh you know, uh, living here in Bozeman um, is something we really look forward
0: to. During your time at North Dakota State, you came to Bozeman a couple times for football games, but not much of a chance to check out, you know, the, just the town and the lifestyle. I moved to Bozeman for the first time in 2010, and even now that I only live here part time, I'm telling you, especially with this pandemic, you know, I haven't been coming back nearly as much as I used to, but it changes every three months. It's completely different. So what are just your impressions of the town and just the booming community you're moving to?
4: Yeah, well, first off, not much perspective back in 05 or 2000. I kind of remember what the stadium looked like. That's about it. I think we stayed at the Holiday Inn maybe on both occasions. but. You know, just so impressive with, you know, with first off the, you know, your first impression is the airport, um, and and what they've done there, and, and really making this a um, easy place to get in and out of, um, is, the, is the first thing that catches your eye. You know, certainly um, the sun hasn't been shining. I haven't seen much of the mountains since then. <laughs> right. it's been so cold. I haven't seen the light of day a whole lot, but. You know, just the the natural beauty outside of uh, town is, is something to behold. And then, yeah, you know, we've been able to get to a few few places uh, downtown. And uh, I know my wife's extremely excited about Target, Costco, and things of that nature. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're we're pumped to be here. And, and it's it seems like it's ever changing and ever changing for the for the better, I suppose. To, to most people, I, I know uh, growth is sometimes scary, but it certainly seems like uh, people of this valley have really embraced it and uh, are making the most of it.
0: Brent Vegan joining us here on Nuana is Now 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. We're broadcasting live from Bozeman. And coach, you were a part of the North Dakota State program for more probably about half your life, between your time as a player and a coach. And North Dakota State so much chronicled tradition all the way back to the you know, the mid-1960s, dominated the division two level, and then new heights over the last 10 years as an fcs power but montana state a great deal of tradition as well i mean there's 15 big sky conference banners hanging out there and uh you know there's been a lot of guys that have gone on to great things multiple national championships here so when you were first exploring this new opportunity how much how important was that just the element that this is a place that does have just tremendous tradition tremendous uh support
4: well, it was evident back in 2010 in particular when we were out here that this was a place that was supported. That was a cold December day, and the place was rocking. And, and you know, the, the Bobcats were big, big sky champions that year, and, and uh, we had all that we could deal with uh, in that game and pulled away. But that, left, that, that day left a mark on just where this program is at. And I know the next two seasons – and 11 and 12. Uh, we were maybe a game or two away from meeting each other again. It didn't happen. I think Sam Houston won.
0: Full mm-hmm. uh, times, yep.
4: Full times. And that's ultimately who we beat. So I was well aware of kind of where the program was at that point in time. Um, I knew about the history before uh, the quarterback back in 84, Kelly Bradley, is mm-hmm. the brother of Gus Bradley, who was you know, one of my best friends in coaching, um, a mentor of mine. So I, I knew about that success. Um, knew of the other championships uh, before that, so anytime uh, you have a a rich history, uh, you know, that's something I I think that that just doesn't start in a moment's notice. The rich history kind of drives that continual support, that continual love for a program, and it's apparent more now than ever, I think, the... um, the vision is clearly set on, on what the people that are investing in this program that work, work here at the university want out of it. You know, uh, Certainly a taste of uh, playoff success the last, uh, last couple seasons out in 18 and 19, but uh, you know, I think they're craving more and they're willing to support it to, to, to put us in position to have the tools that we need to, to, to climb to new heights and that's what we aim to do.
0: NDSU, the, the success the last nine years has been unprecedented. I think they've lost eight games in nine years, which I just I don't know if that's ever going to be replicated whatsoever. But I think it's also overshadowed the fact that NDSU has been Division One for less than 20 years, right? And you were a part of the transition from Division Two to Division One. So just overall, the, the building process, what were the challenges when you guys were, were going from D2 to D1? And just overall, do you enjoy just the challenge of building as a coach?
4: I think the biggest challenge, um, I mean, I would say NDSU was was probably 20, 20 years behind at least, just that movement back in the late 70s where all these schools played each other, the Montana schools, the North Dakota schools, mm-hmm. South Dakota schools, Northern Iowa, and um, half of them chose to go one double A at the time and half stayed Division Two, and NDSU being one of those, and NDSU had... That level of success through the 80s and into the 90s and um i think in the early part of the 2000s it would have seemed like a bold move to move up but it was an attainable move and i think that was the the challenging thing through let's say 2004 to 2010 um initially it was do we belong and we just sure. happened to go come out to missoula early in that 2003 right. season when we were still division two and i think that game made people believe a little bit differently um and there was other stepping stones along the way. 04 and 05, we came out here and lost. Uh, 06, 07, we had back-to-back 10-1 and seasons, but we were kind of playing this hodgepodge schedule. We beat Minnesota in, in 07, so that belief started to build. And then we went to the Missouri Valley, and I think we got our eyes open a little bit what it was like on a week-in, week-out basis. In those first two years, um, eight and nine, you know, we were six and five and three and eight. And I think it was just, okay, to, to get to where you want to um, you need good players obviously but you need people on the outside that support the program to to continue to want to push and have that mindset of all right we're not we're not satisfied with a level of success we're, we're satisfied with with continuing to push the envelope and you know through that that first bunch of years and getting to that 2010 point where we've made the playoffs I think it was just do our do our players see it? Do our fans see it? And it was a, it was a building process, um, and, and you can't really attain anything until you see it. And I know winning out here in 10 and then losing the next week to Eastern Washington in overtime, while they went on to win, it, I think that was the moment for sure from a playoff success perspective that our guys saw. They saw that we were we were close, and, and that mindset from there. You know, uh, dovetailed into what's happened. And I think the the credit to NDSU is, you know, there's been two coaching changes, there's been an AD change, but uh, the people that are investing in that program, whether they're on the inside um, at the university or on the outside from a support perspective, kept pushing, kept raising dollars, kept. uh, kept seeing what do we need to do to keep this thing moving forward and and I know uh, we're in a good place here with the success we've had in the field the building the end zone complex but there's more out in front of us as well and to have that mentality of continuing to push forward is where we have to be.
0: Brett Vegan joining us new head coach for the Montana State football team and coach identifying Certain advantages that you can then turn into even greater advantages. I mean, North Dakota State, you had the pipeline from the Twin Cities. You have the great support, you have the great tradition, and all of those things sort of breed upon themselves. What do you think now that you take this job at Montana State, the biggest advantages are that you might be able to accentuate even further?
4: Well, uh, first off, the tremendous university. Um, you know, and I, I probably didn't realize that side of it, but I've been terribly impressed with. the the vision, just from a a university perspective. Um, What President Cruzado has been able to do in her time here uh, has, you know, uh, pushed this place forward on all levels. This isn't just about a football program pushing forward. This is about a university uh, pushing forward. I think you alluded to the the growth of Bozeman and um, what this community has to offer. I think you get a kid here. different times of year, maybe a on a day like this, but just in general, you get a kid here, I think you really appreciate the the place. And I think you couple uh, a fine institution, a great place, and a football program that's going somewhere, um, I, I think you, that's that's what you need in this day and age. I, and I think, you know, there's only so many programs in the FCS level that that I feel can really um, be there year in and year out, and that's that's where I see Montana State. I think that's where you know um, our administration sees that. You know, and that's uh, that's what you want. You want a place, to me, that that does have high expectations, um, and then you want the, the people on board to be able to to allow you to live up to those expectations. I guess so. I think I think as far as the you know what's in place, um, you know, it's a, it's a tremendous situation.
0: The uh, expectations are, are such a impactful part of this whole thing, and I thought that both Jeff Choate and Montana Athletic Director Leon Costello said it best when they were talking about the new facility. There's a lot of places in the United States that have a lot of support, but a couple really big money donors. This facility was paid for by, I think, close to 450 people. So you have a whole bunch of people that are very, very vested in the commitment here. And I know that the, the way the quarterback club has grown around here over the last 20 years is a big deal as well. So have you gotten a chance to address uh, some of the, the the supporters, and have you gotten a chance to address the quarterback club? And if so, what do you think of that element of this job? Well, I
4: think it's—I uh, don't know—that's entirely unique, but it's a it's a tremendous uh, uh, vehicle to to be able to put practical money into the football program and people that are really invested in it. I've had a chance to talk to, you know, Rick Van Cleve, who's the president. Mm had a chance uh, on Friday night to meet a few of our fans. I haven't been out about much. My my wife asked me on, on Thursday, is anybody recognizing? You? I said, well I've, I've been to Chipotle and Firehouse.
0: <laughs> and I think the young workers
4: there recognize me with my mask. So I that time will come, but I know reaching out to to former players, to to you know, people that are really invested in this program it is all part of, you know, the plan and the the shoot the the days and weeks to come i i think uh having our fans our our key supporters quarterback club former players all feel that uh, not only are they invested but but there's a return on that investment uh they have a um the ability to to get get close to our coaches to get close to our team when that's when that applies i mean that's kind of you know, I think when I, when, when someone invests, they, they do want someone, you know, something in, in return. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think that's something that we aim to do.
0: Listen to Nuanas now right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television coming to you each and every weekday afternoon on both those channels. And right now, we're live from Bozeman. We're at the uh, Montana State University football offices with Montana State new head football coach, Brent Vegan. And, Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about your background. Buxton, North Dakota, how many people live in Buxton, North Dakota, your hometown?
4: Well, I'd say it's it's closer to 300 <laughs> than, to, to 400 <laughs> than 400 now. I think we used to always claim that it was 400. But yeah. I guess it's closer to 300, so not all... Not too many people, but uh, real good people at that.
0: What is the uh, what's the origin point of Bucks? What 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 kind of brought people to town? What's the main industry or the main job force? There? Well,
4: Red River Valley is is prime. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, farming country agriculture so so that would be the big thing 20 miles from Grand Forks it it serves a little bit as a bedroom community to Grand Forks but it would be the tremendous farming up and down the valley
0: so when you're making the rounds uh once things go back to normal which we all are hoping and praying that that happens soon you're not going to be thrown off when you're sitting in uh, Glendive Montana or up in Plentywood right I mean these small towns are something that you grew up in
4: and and believe it or not those are two spots I've been I (laughs) love it North Dakota for a long time and and you know those spots are, you know, Sydney included, are right kind of across the border. So I've, I've been, I've been in a few spots, and, and those happen to be a few of them. But no, I, the, the small town. Every state's a little bit different, um, but when you recruit a rural-based state that uh, um, has a lot of small towns and there's a lot of pride within those small towns, I've, I've lived that on the North Dakota, the Minnesota side. Um, and now it's, it's moving west, and certainly to some extent in Wyoming, but, but more so, uh, you know, the, the bridge, I, I guess, between North Dakota and, and Minnesota, Montana I don't see as being, uh, being terribly wide. But, uh, you know, going in those small towns and being able to identify not only with the people, but then also those young men, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, are just craving an opportunity. Um, they, they, they maybe played two or three sports and they maybe haven't had the weight room or the facilities to do something that someone in a, a fancier place maybe did, but they got a burning desire to play college football. I, I think that's maybe the most important thing that, that I think I can identify with, not only from my own experience, but as a, as a small-town, nine-man football player, but but more so just recruiting those type of kids for as long as I have.
0: It's one of our favorite parts about what we do both here at ESPN Montana as well as SkylineSportsMT.com is covering those great stories of the, the kids that come from in-state. And they grow up literally their whole lives wanting to be Bobcats. And I think it, it's twofold. Sometimes you might be able to get a kid that maybe has superior talent to the FCS level because he's not going anywhere else besides Montana State. But you also get these tremendous stories of development, like you said, guys that do you know basketball and track and wrestling and everything in high school. And then when they get into a college program, their acceleration is just through the roof. So in terms of the in-state, we're going to get into some of the stuff with the in-state, recruiting battle, the in-state rivalry with the University of Montana and all that. But putting a high priority on Montana kids. It sounds like that's something you really want to do when it comes to continue to build this roster.
4: No question, I, I the heart and soul of, of, of a program like Montana State starts with your in-state guys. You know, you're gonna you're gonna recruit guys from uh, um, across the country, I guess. But when when you bring them all together um, and you bring them here to Bozeman, it's those in-state guys that are gonna tell the guys from wherever what this program means uh, to them, what it means to the state. They're gonna be your your biggest uh allies when you're trying to really grow that pride um and instill why it's so important to uh you know to when we play at the university of montana come out on top you know i think they're the ones more so than a coach saying it it is those, those those in-state players that have grown up with it to want to go back to their hometown and, and be able to wave the flag and have that uh you know, those bragging rights, um, cause each one of these communities I-, I guarantee across the state has a, you know, has a mixed interest. No different than when I grew up in North Dakota it was, it was the bison and the Sioux at that time. Sure. Um, you know, I think there's certainly some parallels to the, the life th- that I, I remember back then. And, and you know, um, ultimately, um, you want those guys to part of your programs, you want them on the field and, and, you know, you want them to be, you know, your biggest, Success
0: stories. As we sit here in your office, there's quite a large photo of the uh, Great Divide trophy being carried off the field. It actually looks like in Missoula, the 2018 game, Zach Wright, Chase Benson, Alex Neal, some great Bobcats that uh, are carrying the trophy off the field. So I'm sure, Coach, you've been reminded a million times already in a week on the job just how important the rivalry is with the University of Montana, but just your thoughts on now having a, a key position in one of the fiercest rivalries in college sports.
4: Well, uh, like I said, I think there's some parallels to what I grew up um, with in North Dakota, but I'm not going to say it's the same until I really dive headlong into it. I I become fully aware. You know, priority one is, is to to beat the Grizz, and I know what priority our ultimate priority is, but priority one is to beat the Grizz, and you know uh, I get that. Like it, it's 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 twofold. It's obviously those breaking rights I mentioned, but it's also understanding that. Uh, you know, that's a, 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 that's a good program up there. That's a sure. program that, that is going to be vying for the same thing we're vying for when you talk about uh, Big Sky Championship, uh, home field advantage, and ultimately, um, you know, ideally a national championship. They're going to be in that mix. So that to be the best, um, you got to win those games. And um, it sits there at the end of the season with, with obviously, that trophy at stake, the brain rights at stake, but ultimately, uh, you know, you, a lot of years, there's going to be more, you know, whether it's conference title, seeding in the playoffs, all those things are going to be at stake as well. So there's there's so many things that go into a game like that. And I, I think for those, for our Montana natives, like, I mean, that's the end-all, be-all for them. Um, and that's the, the Super Bowl of this state. Um, so I can't wait to you know, to be a part of it uh, come the fall, but I am I'm acutely aware of how important it is. And I, I like I said, I, I have some background on a rivalry that was very much uh, in the ballpark at least and in, in understand how that affects those hometown or those home state guys, but then how that is going back to your hometown and, and being on the right side of that whole deal.
0: One more question about your background before I ask you. Just a couple about the roster. Growing up in a rural place and, and the son of, of a high school football coach yourself as well. Uh, there's so many values that I think you mentioned. Just Montana and North Dakota have some parallels. I mean, we live in extreme weather in rural places where you kind of have to be friends with your neighbor because you're going to need to help each other out at some point. But what do you? I mean, how much do you think just your background in general influenced you and your path to this this point?
4: Well, I think. Um being a being from a, a community um, where the, the the people are kind, they're they're willing to help you. Um, that whole mindset, I think, it kind of it sets you up for the type of person you're going to be. You know, I, I'd like to think uh, of that um, a, a person that is willing to help people out, that's willing to listen, that's willing to compromise, all those type of things. I think, as far as being a coach's son, um, you know, I had early exposure to. Uh, to my dad's teams um, being out in the field uh, ball boy, manager, etc ultimately get to the point where I play from and I think what I, I gained from that is um, your life's work you know, if you can do something that, that you, you know, beyond the, the financial side of it, if you can really gain some joy in it, that's a pretty um, monumental uh, idea I guess, and it was apparent that you know, each one of my dad's teams, um, he was totally invested in and in, in those those players for many, many years, um, you know, uh, I think my dad had a real effect on them. And, and some teams more than others, some individuals more than others, but, you know, uh, he had a real impact, not only on all those individuals, but a real impact on that community. And, you know, uh, when you, you go on to college, I think some of that's maybe lost a little bit, but I've tried to be... You know that that person with my players, the players I coach, I've tried to have a commitment to the programs that I've been involved with. I think that's evident by my track record. Of, now this is my third, third <laughs> right. place. So I really think there's a loyalty piece, there's a way of doing things piece, a piece, and there's a hey, what are we truly trying to do when we're coaching young athletes? Um, we we want to win, and, and my dad's as competitive as anybody. But you know, ultimately, what he gained from his experience all those years was. Uh, you know, just that impact that he could have on a young person's life.
0: Is that personal development side? Is that the thing that brings you the most joy when it comes to coaching?
4: Yeah, well, and I'd be lying. I mean, I'm just you know, winning and losing. You remember competing, you sure. Know, I mean, that's all. That's that that whole aspect of it is is right up there. But I, I think when you step back and um, you know, five years down the road, you go to a young man's wedding. Uh, Ten years down the road, you. You see his kids growing up, um, fifteen years, years down the road. Uh, that's probably where I'm kind of at, I guess. Sure. You know, Twenty, where you've seen guys go on and really be successful, um, fathers and husbands, and, and, and you know, and whatever walk of life they choose. I think that's that is something, and it's, you can't put a you can't put a price tag. There's not a scoreboard on that necessarily. Um, so I, it's certainly twofold. You know, I wanna, I wanna win as much as the next guy, and hate losing, and that's, that's what drives you on a daily basis. But, you know, on, on the other side of that, the, the, you can't lose sight of the impact that you should have, you should want to have on all the guys that you have a chance to touch.
0: Montana well, State football coach Brent Vegan joining us, and coach will get you out of here on this. You inherit now a roster that is stockpiled with talent, veterans, uh, even on the search committee that, that that was a part of the process to hire you, seven players on that committee including, I think, at least five, maybe six guys that are going to be super-duper seniors yeah. this next fall. You know, guys that have been around this place for five or even six years in some cases. So, what's the next couple weeks and next couple months look like in terms of just winning those guys over? Yeah. And, and what do you think of just kind of the strength of the locker room, of, of just kind of the fabric of this team?
4: Well, when I was getting ready for the for the process of, of taking that interest in the job hopefully to the next level. Um, you know, Wyoming is opening with, with Montana State. Right. So I'm going to coach in the game either way. So I figured, you know what, kill two birds with one stone and look at some film. And really it was from a schematic perspective, um, you know, how the, how do my ideas match with what they were? You know, the thing that stuck out more than in schematics is how hard they played, yep. and that is not something that just happens by chance. I mean, that's something that that that's ingrained in these young men, and it's uh, that's a daily idea. So I was really, it, it really, you know, that that certainly caught my eye, and I know um, I haven't had a chance to see them a whole lot here. These, I mean, it was really going back to a little bit on Tuesday and Wednesday last week, but. Um, you know, it looks like a talented group. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 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 good size, there's good length, there's good athleticism. Um, but I know, you know, the work's in front of us. So I, I know tail end of this week, you know, take a deep dive in the personnel and, and, and you know really, hey, what's where's this guy been at? What's he, what is he capable of? What what needs to happen here over the next uh, you know several weeks and months? Um, you know, s- spring ball is uh is down the road but that's gonna be a real important time to you know for us to get a chance to to know each other from a coaching and a playing perspective to see what guys are capable of um to kind of to set at least an early bar of where we're at um create competition that, that then results in depth i think those are things that you know are really goals of the spring and and then set ourselves up for a great summer plan so that when we get to august uh you know, in fall camp that uh, we're ready to hit the ground running.
0: Well, as somebody that uh, analyzes Big Sky Conference football for a living, I'll tell you this. You should have among, if not the best offensive lines in the league, and you should have among, if not some of the best front sevens in the league as well. So as a coach, that has to excite you as a good starting place.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's the foundation of it all, blocking and tackling. Uh, It doesn't uh, get much simpler when you explain football than that, but that's that's truly where it starts, and it it takes uh, um, guys that are developed, Takes guys that are willing to work with each other. Uh, it certainly takes an unselfishness when you talk about you know both sides of the lines of scrimmage because um, there's certainly sacrifice involved. But yeah, I feel real good about uh, you know where we're at on, on both sides. And, and like I said, look forward to seeing it in action here um, down the road. And, and in the meantime, you know really get to know these guys. We got individual meetings set up with them all, uh, everyone on the team the, the rest of the week, I guess, as we go through. And that's just going to be a you know, uh, hey, give me a quick snapshot of who you are, what your goals are, what your major is, all those type of things. Because you know, investing in these guys and, and gaining their trust—not just you know—they're not just going to trust me because of, you know my title is head coach. Uh, there's something that has to be really worked towards and, and gained, and that's you know that's a process that we're in the midst of.
0: This was sort of an impromptu live interview. We were going to pre-record, and then we said, okay, well, it's almost 4 o'clock. Let's just roll anyways, but it was a lot of fun. Coach Vegan. thanks so much for having us down, and we appreciate it. We look forward to many more talks in our near future, but best of luck with everything these next couple weeks.
4: Yeah, I appreciate your coverage and your interest in Bobcat football, and I'm sure this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, right?
0: That's exactly right. Disney One is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Marching through the Montana football. Now we're going to take it to the Montana Basketball Hour. On the other side, we're going to recap some Montana and Montana State men's hoops. we got interviews with both Cam Parker and Josh Vasquez from the University of Montana men's basketball team, plus some breaking news from the Grizz earlier this week. The Montana Football Slash Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking member, FDIC. Nuwana is now back after this.
3: Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together, or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula.
2: and so twisted
5: that it's freaking me
0: out. Distant eyes, it's no surprise, you can do anything now. Hey, welcome back in. Nuwana is now. One-stop shop for all things sports all across the Treasure State each and every weekday. Right here from 4 to 6 p.m. on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana television. If you're watching on the TV, you probably see an empty studio. That's because I'm in Bozeman right now. We're uh, doing a little back-end work here, doing some radio experimentation, but also catching up with all our favorite people at Montana State. I am Coulter Nuanas You missed anything in the first segment. We heard from new Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan and uh, – if you missed that, you can always find it in the podcast. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. The Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. March is on. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Lending decisions by Stockman Bank are made by Montanans who understand Montana businesses. They have a strong commitment to their communities, and they take great pride in giving back. They are Montanans serving Montanans. Phone calls are answered by a live person. I can't state how big of a deal that is. And they also now have online and mobile banking platforms that are robust and allow you to bank from wherever you may need to be. The Montana Basketball Hour continues now with some sound from the University of Montana men's basketball team. Thursday, they had their best performance of the season. They posted an 80-67 victory over Weber State. Travis DeCure was blunt in his post-game. He said, defense wins games, period. That's all I have to say. And his team, they held the seventh highest scoring offense in the country, to their season-low point total. On Saturday, Weaver State got cooking again. They scored 91 points. They had five guys finishing double figures. Isaiah Brown, a kid from Seattle who Montana did recruit uh, in the process, both when he's coming out of high school and when he's transferring from Northwestern by way of Grand Canyon. Uh, he ended up at Weaver State, and uh, he was largely absent on Thursday, but he went off for 21 points on Saturday, and that was a catalyst to Weaver State and their offensive explosion. A ton of different factors here, but Montana, they scored the ball pretty darn well, but they just couldn't get the stops that they needed. Weber State pounded the ball inside, and uh, they scored a bunch in the paint. They also got to the free throw line 38 times and knocked down 30 free throws. That was the main scoring difference. Montana, 21 of 22 at the free throw line, so very efficient at the stripe for the Grizzlies, but... Uh, the nine-point advantage at the stripe proved to be the difference. Weaver State emerges from Missoula with Randy Ray's fourth win in 19 outings at Dahlberg Arena. Randy Ray's the all-time leading coach in terms of wins in Big Sky Conference and overall uh, in the history of the league in his 15 seasons at Weaver State. But Montana in Missoula has been a thorn in his side to be sure. He fell to 3-15 and 15 after that Thursday loss but gets his fourth win at Dahlberg Arena on Saturday, and Weber State now 7-3 and three in Big Sky Conference play, uh, sitting there tied with Idaho State, uh, technically behind Southern Utah because Southern Utah is 6-2, and two, so one less loss, but Weber State with one more win than SUU, same as Idaho State at 7-3. They all trail Eastern Washington, who's 9-2 now in league play. We'll get to the Eagles here in a quick moment. I uh, heard from Danny Sprinkle as well. We'll get to that about 445 here today. It is 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Coulter is broadcasting remotely from Bozeman. The Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank. Let's go ahead and hear from two of Montana's players. We heard from Josh Vasquez and Cam Parker earlier this week following Saturday's loss on just why Montana is struggling to find consistency. How would you guys just describe what was, what was different out there today compared to Thursday? Uh, I think
6: that uh, we just didn't bring the defensive intensity that we had on Thursday. Uh, everyone wasn't really talking to each other. It's uh, just kind of our defensive pr- our defensive principles were uh, worse, especially because they scored eighty points. And I just felt like our defensive principles weren't the same as how they were on Thursday. And you know their their magic number was eighty. Like once they touched eighty, that you know they won most of their games or almost all of their games. So uh, we were just trying to limit them to that, but. Clearly, it didn't happen.
0: Is there any, you guys have been really good on Thursdays and not as good on Saturdays. Is that just been happenstance or like, do you have any explanation for for that? It's been, you know, a little weird.
6: No, I just think it's hard. Like, Weber State's a really good team. It's hard to beat a good team twice, uh, no matter where you are. But I do, I mean... I just don't think that we have all the energy as we do, like on Thursdays and stuff like that, whether that be, you know, one day of rest compared to the other four days we have during practice or I really can't
4: tell you. I guess so offensively, you know, this is two straight games with 80 points. Um, we talked a little bit on Thursday, Cam, just about the ball movement, things working, things like that. Um, but I guess question for both of you. Offensively, is that something you guys can take away? Is this that, you know, you guys, this is against a good Weaver State team. You guys, you know, put up some of your best season numbers offensively. Um, I think
2: we're starting to figure it out as a team offensively. We're starting to like – like our big thing is like attacking together. Um, I don't know. We're just getting good looks that we, were, that we want. We're really sharing the ball. And uh, – yeah, that's pretty much it. We're putting the ball in the hoop when we get open looks. I think this is like your guys' fifth split of the season. Just how much does it motivate you going into next uh the next series to not have another split?
6: Uh I would say it motivates us every series, honestly. Like even after the first split or shoot, we lost to Southern Utah both times, so after that we were already motivated from the start, but uh yeah, we we need two wins definitely in a row. Uh you could tell it's kinda like so yeah we definitely need two wins and
1: it's upsetting you know kind of i think it was late midway second half uh weaver went on that 6-0 run they ended up leading anywhere from four to nine points what changed for them from that point on that just made it hard to you know take the lead again
2: um like cam said like earlier it's like our intensity we just weren't the same um and they kind of showed showed off in like the second half um when, like one of the big things we were working on was like find the ball, uh, find the catches and stuff like that. So when they started getting like easy catches, they started getting more confident, and then that started giving them like the energy they needed. You, they shot almost thirty free throws. You guys shot almost. T- I mean, they made thirty free throws. I think you guys made twenty one. Uh, was this game just more physical than others, or was it just? I don't know if it was just more physical because to me personally, it seemed like we were kind of like both teams were being physical the first game as well. Um, maybe they kind of like surpassed us a little bit being like physical, but um, I don't know. I think there was a little too many like touchy fouls, like more than we wanted. So that kind of like slowed us down a little bit, I would say. And I think, you know, once you play a second, like once you play a
6: team the second time, you kind of know what their strengths and weaknesses are. So it, it could be easier to attack the basket knowing where other guys are going to be and knowing, you know, where guys go on defense,
0: if that makes sense. Hey guys, all year uh, Isaiah Brown has been kind of the catalyst for Weber State. You guys shut him down Thursday. You got to go in tonight. What sort of difference does that make for Weber State's offense when he gets it going? Uh, yeah, he's a really good player. You know, he's one of the top point guards in
6: the league. Uh, you know, it just makes him a lot harder to guard because he's he's the guy that runs runs the offense, runs the program, everything like that offensively. So uh, it, it sucked that we couldn't contain him tonight. But then you could just see how much better that made Weaver uh, just because he was in the flow of things and he was doing well from the start, versus when we were actually contesting and you know kind of in his body a little bit more on Thursday, and made
0: it harder for we were to adjust offensively because that's the ghost you got. <clears throat> and jo- Josh, next week, uh, Eastern Washington. I know that the Cam hasn't played in that rivalry, but uh, pretty heated games last year against Eastern Washington. So, what do you expect next week? Um,
2: I just think we gotta
0: like pick up from what we did. Like these
2: two games, um, I want to say it's going to be a little bit similar, but we got to, you know, take it to them and be more, be pretty physical, and just, um, I don't know, it's another another like really good team, so we got to like really put two and two together, so we can try to come out with a with a sweep. Is how hard was it in the second half to move the ball around? Because it looked like it was pretty tough
1: to get something going. Like whenever you guys were kind of trying to drive there in the second half. Uh,
6: yeah, uh, just when they help more uh, defensively and it's honestly gets harder when offensively when we're just not passing it as much. So when guys are stagnant, you know, it's just guys attacking off one pass, two passes, uh, it's harder to get assists person when we're all moving the ball and you know they're closing out and stuff like that. Everyone's flying.
4: You guys, you mentioned some of that intensity in the second game of these series where maybe it's down a little bit, especially defensively. Is that you know maybe a byproduct of just more of the growing pains of this team kind of getting used to each other? Is that where that comes from, or because you know a lot of you guys are kind of used to this two games in three days? Like what I guess how
2: can you kind of explain some of that? I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of hard to explain because I think that we're kind of far enough along where we kind of know. What we want defensively, but it's just a couple breakdowns here and there, and like the tough stretches where we we just can't have them, and that kind of like I don't want to say like like brings us down, but it kind of does, and um, I just think we just got to fix those couple of things and we'll be good. It's kind of like this little roller coaster we've been on, and we just got to just know how to keep going downhill. We'll win. So yeah, I would just say the consistency part of it, and you know,
6: just staying as dialed in as you were for the start of the week as you are to the end of the week. Uh, and, you know, they just make adjustments and stuff like that. But I agree with Josh. Like, we only have, whatever, two, three more series left. So we can't just keep saying we're a young team or, you know, we haven't figured it out yet because we played enough games at this point to so, where Coach shouldn't be reminding us, you know, the simple things we do in practice every day.
0: Some breaking news concerning the Grizz men's basketball team from earlier today. Michael Stedman, a preseason All-Big Sky selection and a senior big man for the Grizzlies, no longer. He has entered the NCAA transfer portal as of Monday afternoon. Stedman was a preseason All-League pick despite sitting out last season. He transferred from San Jose State in the offseason and never played a game in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, but he was supposed to be the go-to guy on the block for Montana. He's average... Just shy of 10 points per game, 9.9 points per game, 5.4 rebounds. But he's been inconsistent with his toughness as well as his defense. And a lot of times he's found himself not playing down the stretch in big games for Montana. I know that he's uh, battled a little bit with the University of Montana coaching staff as well. Travis to has been very hard on him. And uh, so you wonder if that has an impact on all of this. But Stedman, um, man, it's so, so hard to analyze these things because it sort of is just the way that college basketball is gravitating right now. But uh, it's also just unfortunate that they were not able to find anything on the same page. I mean, they wanted this guy to be their centerpiece. They propped him up quite a bit in terms of the hype they surrounded him with. You know, preseason, um, all-big-sky selection, doing interviews before the year. Big feature on GoGrizz.com about his journey. And uh, now here he is in the portal a month before the conference tournament and so I, I imagine that means that he's off. He's not. He's out of off the team. Not going to participate with the Grizz. You know, on, on one side, I think it's uh, it's too bad for Stedman that the fit wasn't right. It's too bad for the Grizzlies that the fit wasn't right. But on the other hand, I think Montana has a chance to actually. It sounds ironic that you're going to replace a six foot ten senior who can be very productive and they're going to get better. But I think this could get Montana better because it removes a distraction. Now you don't have a guy that's wanting playing time, that's not getting it down the stretch. You can also just buy in and invest in some of the guys that have been in your program for a little longer. And to be quite honest, this has been going around for a while. I've heard rumblings from around the league for about a month or so that Stedman wasn't happy and that he was not going to be a part of the program. And so you wonder if he ends up somewhere else out west, somewhere else in the Big Sky Conference. Um you know, I know that he has a lot of guys in the league that know about him. You know, I was in uh, in the tunnel waiting for Shante Legans from Eastern Washington, who, by the way, will join us later on this week, uh, Eastern Washington head coach. And I heard Kim Aiken and Michael Meadows talking as they walked out of the tunnel. And they said, hey, uh, Meadows, who's a sophomore, asked Aiken, who's a fourth-year junior, hey, who do we got this next weekend? And Aiken said, oh, we're going to Montana. Where we're playing home a home-and-home against the Grizzlies. And he's like, they got and I played against him growing up. He's a baller. He's good. So guys around the league know about Michael Stedman. Uh, It'll just be interesting to see where he lands, but as of now, no longer with the Grizzlies. We're going to analyze this a little bit more tomorrow uh, with Riley Corcoran when he's back uh, in the saddle and uh, maybe a little bit later on in this show as well. But uh, Michael Stedman, as of now, not a part of the Grizz basketball team uh, as he moves on. It is 102.9 ESPN Missoula statewide swx montana television i'm colter Nuanas. this is Nuanas now your one-stop shop for all things sports around the treasure state we got to get out because we got to get back we got to analyze this eastern washington montana state series from over the weekend so we'll do that right after this xavier bishop montana state senior guard and day sprinkle montana state head men's basketball coach joining us right here on Nuanas now
3: Connect to more.
0: Hey, hello. Welcome back in. Hope you're having a great Monday. You're listening to nuanas Now, your one-stop shop where all things sports around the Treasure State each and every Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen to us live, it's easy. All you got to do is go on the website, 102.9ESPN.com, and click on the Listen Live tab. And if you want to give us a call or shoot us a text, that's easy as well, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. I am Colter Juarez and as I do each and every Monday, present you with the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. They have 36 locations statewide. I'm in Bozeman if you didn't get the memo. I swung by a Stockman Bank yesterday, was able to deposit a check pretty easily, get some cash. When you bank with Stockman Bank, your money stays in the local economy, helping your friends and neighbors. They're only in Montana and they plan to keep it that way. Their lending decisions are made by Montanans who understand Montana and they also now have a new online and mobile banking platforms that are robust and allow you to bank from wherever you need to be. Very convenient for me with locations of both Missoula and Bozeman since I'm back and forth so much. We appreciate Stockman Bank for their dedication and commitment to the Montana basketball hour. Montana State lost their fourth straight over the weekend. Easter Washington 85, Montana State 69. The Cats played well in the first half. They're only down three points, 36-33 at halftime. But Eastern opened up the second half on a 25-7 run. And Montana State basically folded that. Danny Sprinkle kind of called off the dogs. He played a lot of his subs down the stretch. Eastern Washington comes home with their seventh straight victory. Now they're moving on to play Montana. We'll get into that matchup a little later on. We're going to hear from Derek Carter-Hollinger from the Grizz side of things as well as Shantae Leggins from Eastern Washington's men's basketball team on the ESPN Roundtable later on this week as well. Danny Sprinkle, his team now, they've given up 90 points per game during their four-game losing streak. They were once upon a time, 6-0, and top of the Big Sky standings, and uh, that was their best start since 1987. Now they're staring this four-game losing streak in the face, and they got a home-and-home home against Idaho State, who is the surprise team in the league. ISU is 7-3 and three in league play, and they're all of a sudden now a game ahead of Montana State in the league standings. Here is head coach Danny Sprinkle following his team's fourth straight loss in Bozeman. You're listening to Nuanes now on 1029 ESPN Missoula and statewide on SWX Montana Television. We talked all week about their ability to score the ball, and they did it again. I mean, what was the key to Eastern Washington to be able to score like they did again? Yeah, they, uh,
5: they're, just, they're really hard to guard. You know, because they can all – they're just skilled. They, they make the right play. And they move the ball until they get the right shot. And when you got five guys that can shoot the way that they do or score, it's almost every time down the court they're getting a good shot. And, uh, you know, I thought in the first half we did that. I thought our ball movement was way better than Thursday. Uh, but we just – we couldn't string together like multiple stops. You know, and then it was kind of like that dam was building up, building up, and then finally it just broke. And uh, and we just have enough firepower right now, you know, to get through those tough
0: stretches. I mean, when they get hot, they bring the energy so much too. So, how hard is that to match?
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they're they're bench like. I mean, you know, they bring energy for the players, you know, and their players even on the court bring energy. But it's it's easy to have energy when you're hitting threes or you're scoring and you know every kid that's what they do you know it's like the ball's an energy pill when they have the ball they have energy when it goes in they even got more energy and uh you know they they do a really good job they got a great culture and they you know they really play for each other and uh you know they're they're tough to deal with
0: what is your what do you hope your teams learned these last two weekends
5: you know i think they i hope they've learned it how hard it is to beat those top teams in the league you know you have to go above and beyond, you know, your habits. We talked a lot yesterday about our habits, you know, like it can't be 80% of the time. Like it has to be a habit of cracking down every time, help being in a stance defensively, boxing your guy out every time. And our, our habits aren't at a championship level yet. And that's where we got to get them, you know, and I don't expect even a lot of our young guys to have those, but eventually we got to get to where Eastern is, you know, right now, we got to get to one of these top teams in the league and we got to start knocking them off.
0: What, what do you hope to see in the, in the next week or so, just leading up to the next weekend? I mean, what, what sort of what sort of areas do you hope you guys improve in? You know, just just our toughness, you know, our ability to actually like stay
5: in front and guard the drive. You know, I thought the last two weekends we've been exposed a little bit guarding the drive and, and keeping the ball out of the middle, which early on, you know, we were doing a pretty good job of. And uh, you know, it's just urgency, you know, alertness, and you know, a lot of it is you know they're kind of. Getting the ball to a certain guy and they're attacking certain guys on our team and and uh, and we've got to step up to the challenge of really, uh, being able to guard. I think they yeah they had five
6: guys in double digits. How hard is that to game plan, defend and and deal with when you know they
5: can go to anyone at any time? Well, it, it's hard because they put you in a predicament where if one of your guys gets beat off the dribble, you have to help or they're getting layups, and you help now they're spraying it to open guys and they move the ball so well. You know, and that's why they're so good offensively is because they they break you down, and then they move the ball and just let the ball find the open shot. And when you have five good players that can all shoot and score, they just move the ball around until one of those five guys gets a good shot. And when the when a good player gets a good shot, it's a good chance it's going in. And uh, that's why they're really explosive offensively. And you know, against them, you you have to be able to guard your man and keep your man out of the paint. And uh, you know, like I thought, we would actually played really hard and competed on the defensive end in the first half. And I think they still had 43 points, ha- or uh, I guess they had 36 at halftime. You know, but then, like last game, you know, coming out for the second half, it was just, you know, all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. You know, and it's sometimes you give this a team like that too big of a lead, you know, it's too hard to come back because eventually they're going to get another run and make two or
0: three shots in a row. So there you go. Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle got to get right to it because we, we got to get out because we got the top of the hour coming at you. Ty Gregorak joining me, Coulter Nuanez, right here on Nuanez Now. We're going to talk all things Brent Vegan's hiring, the construction of a staff, and just what makes it so tough to call plays at the Division One level as a defensive coordinator. What's that learning curve like? Ty Gregorak has been through that. He was a linebacker's coach for a long time and then became a DC for a long time, so we're going to talk to him about all those things and plenty more as well, maybe some NFL player empowerment stuff as well but we got to get to this last interview here as we wrap up the first hour of nuanez now it is the basketball it is the montana basketball hour presented by stockman bank of montana stockman bank invites you to experience the stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout montana stockman bank committed to enriching the lives of montanans and helping communities succeed what that means to you is your money stays in the local economy supporting your friends and neighbors Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman Bank difference. Montana's brand of banking, member FDIC. Here's Xavier Bishop, Montana State's senior guard, following his team's two losses to Eastern Washington and what the Bobcats need to do to get back on track. Xavier, to start with uh, Eastern Washington's offense, what makes them so hard to slow down? And when you get kind of behind a team like that, I mean, they seem to never have any lulls. How frustrating is that?
1: Uh, I mean, they're a really good offensive team. Uh, what makes them hard is their pace. You know, guys flying around, flying on cuts. I mean, they do the little things. Uh, hitting guys on screens. I mean, they have a lot of shooters. Uh, you know, they're a good team. You know, cre- uh, credit to them. They made shots. They made plays. And uh, we just got to continue to get better and work on uh things we need to work on. What do you
0: think the number one thing you guys do need to work on is to, to snap this losing streak?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's highs and lows to, you know, every season. Uh, I mean, can't panic or anything. I mean, a couple games we saw we could go on a 6-7 game win streak. Uh, right now we're in a bit of a, a slump or losing streak, whatever you may say. But, uh, you know, I'm confident my guys will figure it out.
0: Probably the two best teams in the league of the two teams you guys have played the last two weekends. So, I mean, what have you learned from the last two weekends just about the league in general? I mean, they're good
1: teams. Uh, we learned we just got to get better. We got to be, if we want to be, you know, at the top of this league, you got to beat teams like that. So uh, we just learned we gotta, uh, got a lot to work on and got a lot to fix up. Uh, yeah, I mean, we played hard in the first half. You know, we're really moving the ball, getting stops. And, uh, you know, second half, they, you know, they went on a run. And, you know, we seemed to, like, we couldn't uh, weather that storm. So, I mean, uh they just hit a lot of shots. We stopped moving the ball. But um, you know, guy, we continue to play hard. You know, I'm proud of the guys that got in late, they kept fighting, you know, uh and I mean just just proud of those guys. Is that resilience something that you feel like will really, you know, carry forward moving forward,
6: you know, especially after now losing four straight? You know, that that wanting to keep fighting no matter the
1: circumstance. Yeah, I mean we've shown resilience uh, this season. I mean we've been down before in conference uh, and came back. You know, I mean like we just got to figure it out. You know, uh, like but again credit to them, they did what they had to do. They made plays and you know they came here and you know got two road wins. Yo, what does Coach Sprinkle say? To you know after I mean starting off you know six to zero in conference play, then dropping four. You know what's kind of his message to you guys after uh, this fourth loss? Uh, keep fighting. You know, first thing he said when he walked in, keep fighting. He's proud of us. We played hard, you know, uh, competed. But uh, we got to get better. He said we got to get better. We know we got to get better. We have a lot to work on. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a lot of time, five, four or five weeks until, uh, you know, Boise. So, I mean, that's when we really want to get rolling, you know. And uh, like I said, we just got to continue to get better. Got a lot to fix up on and figure out.
0: So there you go, hour one in the books. Riley Corker will be swinging by tomorrow right here on Nuanas. Now we'll give you some more analysis of all this. Just wanted to give you some of the results and the interviews and the breaking news of the day. Michael Stedman out at the University of Montana. Preseason All-Big Sky pick, he's into the NCAA transfer portal. So we have more on that with Riley Corcoran tomorrow as well. It has been the Montana Basketball Hour with a little bit of football in there as well. Brent Vegan joining us, the head coach from Montana State. We appreciate him stopping by, as well as Cam Parker and Josh Vasquez from the Montana Grizz basketball team, and Xavier Bishop, senior guard from Montana State. Danny Sprinkle from Montana State as well. When you bank at Stackman Bank, you receive a personalized custom... When you bank at Stockman Bank, you receive personalized customer service and your phone call is answered by a live person. Stockman Bank's highly skilled and personable bank staff is dedicated to making it easy to transfer your accounts and meeting your overall financial your overall financial needs blending traditional western values with modern convenience and state-of-the-art technology stockman bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success 37 locations around the state of montana so go check out stockman bank and let them show you the stockman difference today stockman bank montana's brand of banking member fdic hour one in the books hour two coming at you hot ty Gregorak. Live with me, Coulter Nuwana, as it is. Nuwana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Stay wide, SWX Montana Television.